0: Amen. Good morning, lovely Coastline family. How are we all doing? Great, great, great. Well, as uh, everybody has mentioned, today is Vision Sunday, and church, we have a lot to celebrate and be grateful for. God has done so much in this last uh, 12 months. And as usual on Vision Sunday, I'm giving you permission to be a bit Pentecostal. Yes, if you want to say amen, if you want to clap, if you want to cheer, whatever you want to do, we should be celebrating what the Lord is doing in our midst. If you're new here this morning, you've never heard of Vision Talk, this is a bit different than a normal uh, message that you might hear on a Sunday. Because what we're going to do today is we're going to look back at some of the highlights of what the Lord has been doing in this last year, and we will also look ahead to the year to come. And what I will say from the off is that there is so much beautiful kingdom activity happening across the life of this church, I won't have time to mention everything. But what I want you to know is that everything that happens at Coastline is God's handiwork, It's him that is growing and building his church. And remember that we don't do this in our own strength. We are dependent on God's favor and God's grace in everything that we do. Because without God building his house, those that build, build in vain, don't they? Psalm 127, 1. We're super grateful for God's empowering spirit, his favor and his provision. So, many of you will know that we planted, started Coastline in 2015. I think we got a picture of our first service. There it is. Woo! Remember those days? (laughs) And in September this year, we will officially be eight years old. Wow, it's awesome. In the beginning of Coastline, many of you will remember that we developed a vision statement that attempted in four sentences to describe who God was calling us to be and what God was calling us to do. And many of you will be familiar with this. Last year, you'll also remember... That I made a slight tweak, because God asked us to develop this vision statement, but he also asked us to be supple, that if he wanted to speak to us and tweak and change it, uh, then we would. And if you remember, last year I changed the vision statement just slightly to say that we are a people of extravagant generosity, which we absolutely are. So just to say, there's no tweaks to the statement this year, and most of you are super familiar with this, but let me remind you of our vision statement. It says this, it says, God has called us to build a growing and vibrant church where people come to know God, love him more, and become all that God has made them to be. We're committed to personal transformation, investing in a community of love and encouragement and ministering to those far from God and making disciples. We're called to be authentic followers of Jesus, whose lives are marked by intimate worship, courageous faith, passionate service, and extravagant generosity. We want to see the spiritual renewal of our town and our nation and always be known as a people who love the king and live the kingdom. And if you don't already know this, everything that happens at Coastline points back to that vision statement. And of course, we put great emphasis on intimate worship, of of gathering in small groups and big groups to worship King Jesus, to to study his word, to pray for his kingdom to come. We're a community with this ever-growing expectation to meet with Jesus, to encounter him as we wait on his spirit, as we encounter his presence and his power. We passionately preach and teach the word of God to make it relevant and applicable. We exist as a community to encourage and equip one another to become empowered apprentices of Jesus. And of course, to authentically live the kingdom life. We're committed to investing in all generations. We're a people that are passionate about reaching out to those with compassion on the margins of our society. And all of that points back to who we are and what we're called to do in our vision statement. So if you remember last year, I cast a vision and said that last year we were going to press the pedal on evangelism and discipleship if you remember last year, uh, I launched the Inside Out uh, initiative for our life groups, which is where we said we were going to put £100 aside as seed money for every life group with the sole focus to get out there and bless somebody or a family or whoever outside of the church. And a number of life groups have Used the seed money and added to it, uh, to name a few, to tell you a few stories. One life group bought some uh, shopping for a teacher who was in extreme uh, need. They were blown away at the gift the life group gave. Another life group I heard bought a push bike for a barista who works in the Winton Rec Cafe because um, his bike got stolen. So they bought him this this new bike and this guy was blown away. He keeps telling everyone in the area, that church, they bought me a new bike. Some uh, life groups made Christmas boxes and gave them out to struggling families. And some of those families were overwhelmed that we cared for them in their time of need. I know that another uh, life group took out a Ukrainian family uh, for a day of fun and bought lots of treats. Also last year, I talked about a project we were going to do called Bless Bournemouth, about 150 coastliners Uh, gave up their Saturday, and we we went out to bless our town. We saw hundreds of people ascend from the local community on our, our community cafe, our Joy Cafe in Churchill Gardens, and we gave out free food and free drinks. We painted faces. We did community projects. We picked up litter. Never knew that could be so much fun, but it was we painted the church hall here to bless the Church of England, the nursery, the kids' ministry. We bought people shopping, we paid for people's parking, we gave out flowers, we shared the gospel in word and deed. And a whole load of us got to pray for a bunch of folk. And if you remember, because before Bless Bournemouth, we came here and we prayed and we worshipped and we asked God to give us pictures of people that we were meant to go out and bless. And we did exactly that. We went out and we found people that God had spoken to us about here and we blessed them and we actually gave out money. Hundreds and hundreds of pounds to bless people. Uh, one of the stories that came back to me was of somebody who was literally on the brink of suicide because they couldn't pay their electric meter. And we somebody walked up and said, we just feel like God has asked us to give you this. And they gave them money and they just wept. And they felt like God had spoken to them. Now, if you didn't come out last year, shame on you. <laughs> I'm only joking. If you didn't come out last year, you didn't come out last year but we're going to do it again this year. Yeah. So I want to encourage you, get this date in your diary now, the 24th of June. Anyone can do this. No one's going to be pushed into places and spaces where they're not going to be able just to be themselves and do something practical that's going to help bless other people. But do come on the 24th of June. I said last year in the vision... That we needed to reconfigure, reconnect, and reignite. And I talked about the fact that we needed to, to reconfigure behind the scenes, if you remember, the back of office, if you like, the staff team. There was a number of things that had gone on due, due, because of COVID, and we needed to change some of what uh, we were doing from a staff point of view. And many of you know this because I've told you, but if you knew, maybe not. We took on uh, Stuart and Jane. They've come onto the pastoral um, staff team as our care pastors. Many of you will know that Stuart and Jane oversee our wonderful pastoral care team. But I can tell you over the last year, I've had hundreds and hundreds of face-to-face pastoral meetings. They've given out hundreds of cards that have been handmade by wonderful Carol Wright in our church of celebration, of new babies, of weddings, of condolences. I'll tell you what, if you want to bless some people in this church, bless Stuart and Jane Chalmers. And bless that amazing pastoral care team because they do a wonderful work across this church. Also, to say in June last year, we took on Charlie Lavin as our new student pastor. Yeah. We also have taken on Lauren Franks as our new young adults pastor. We've taken on Fareva Smith as our new administrator and pastoral assistant. Stuart J- uh, Sue James has come on board as our new finance assistant. Ben Sherwood White has become our coastline evangelist. And Johanna Vanathy, as you know, is emigrating from New Zealand to come here and be our new youth pastor, and hopefully, she will be here in the next few weeks. I did mention this to the leaders, but I just presume sometimes that everyone else hears this. But also in terms of reconfiguration, um, we promoted Sarah and Ant. Uh, They are both now our assistant, uh, senior assistant uh, pastors. And they have uh, become part of our newly formed senior leadership team, which is me, Sarah, and Ant, David Morgan, who was our business manager, who's now our associate advisor, and Beth Williams, who was our finance director, she's now our business manager. Woo, yeah. And we've done all of that so that we can better serve Jesus and serve this church more effectively. I said we needed to reconnect. And of course, we've been gathering every Sunday over the last year. We've had numerous prayer meetings, weekly life groups, feast groups, social interest groups. We've launched our monthly Abide gathering, which actually last Sunday saw 160 people attend. The Holy Spirit came in power, it was awesome. We had our leaders' party in the summer. We've had kids' parties. We've had light parties, Christmas parties. We had our first Kaylee, which over 150 of you attended recently. We have reconnected in the last year in loads and loads of different ways. And lastly, I talked about reigniting. Reigniting kingdom dreams that people had before the pandemic. Of course, we couldn't gather and everything that started up again is, is, is releasing those kingdom dreams into fruition. Our kids' work, the additional needs ministry, the youth work, the student work, the young adults ministry. We last year launched our first star recovery course. Yeah. Where we saw over a hundred addicts and alcoholics meet in this Room to hear about Jesus and find freedom from their addictions. Yeah. That was facilitated by over 50 Coastline volunteers and has uh, every week since that course had a weekly group running to continue that support for people who are coming out of addiction. One lady who attended Star said that she'd recognized that during lockdown, her consumption of alcohol had steadily increased, which was affecting her, her health and her relationship with God. She said everything became such an effort. She was initially skeptical, she says, about the Star course, and she didn't think that she had an addiction, but she admits that she was wrong on two counts. She said she she did have an addiction, and the Star Course was actually this beautiful, safe place where she could come and open up and be honest and accountable, where she found friends, where she could find support that has helped her stay strong. Star provided her, she says, with the tools necessary and the encouragement necessary to overcome her dependency on alcohol. And she said she's forever grateful to Emma, who leads that ministry and all the coastline team that are involved. Isn't that beautiful? These are just a few of the kingdom dreams that have been reignited over the last 12 months. There are many more. If you remember, remember last year, I kind of honed in and highlighted four key qualities that we should see in everything that happens throughout the life of the church. Intimate worship, courageous faith, passionate service, and extravagant generosity. Well, this year, I want to draw your attention to the first part of our vision statement, that God has called us to build a growing and vibrant church where people come to know God, love him more, and become all that God has made them to be. Now, God is building a vibrant and growing church here For sure, in pretty much every area of church life, we are growing. And just so you know, and we're pretty ruthless with this, we currently have 677 adults and 237 children and young people on our database. And even if there is a fringe of of people, maybe 150 people, that still means 500 adults and 237 children and young people that would call Coastline their home. So, let's look back over the last year and hear how the Lord is growing His vibrant church. See, many of you might not know this, but every week... We see about 150 naught to elevens attending Coastline Kids here on Sunday, and stuff that happens during the week. We have another 41 children that come from the surrounding community, along with some of the kids here, that meet in this room on a Tuesday night for co- for the for the kids club. I mean, this room literally gets changed. There's like a football pitch there. There's like inflatables there. There's like table tennis over here. You wouldn't believe it. As tuck shop. It is a beautiful expression of God's love to the community. I'm told the Coastline Kids uh, YouTube channel now has 250 subscribers with thousands of views over this past year. That's kids, our kids and kids out in the world watching YouTube, but hearing about Jesus. It's cool. We've had about 250 uh, people and children and parents attend our light party last year, which is our alternative to Halloween. And we had a similar number uh, attend the Christmas party, and I came to both of them, and there was very few people from the church here which says that people are hearing about us out there, and they want to bring their children into this place, because it's a safe place, it's a loving place, it's a place where they can have fun, but for sure, speak to Michael, they'll also hear about Jesus. Our youth team, over this last year, have volunteered 1,900 hours Our young people have been stepping out time and time again to invite their friends to all the different youth things that have been going on. Uh, The youth ministry was uh, probably about 20, 25 young people, and now pretty much week from week, they're regularly engaging with 50 different young people. That's between Sundays and the gatherings that happen during the week. They took a whole bunch of uh, young people to the National Vineyard Dreaming the Impossible Festival, uh, where we also hosted 25 young people that came from uh, Portugal, from Reuben and Rene's church, where they saw four people give their life to Jesus. It's great. This year, the student ministry has grown from four students to over 25 students attending Sundays and life group every week. In fact, they've just planted a second student life group in January. They've hosted lunches and socials, and students have been inviting their friends. Uh, Charlie tells me that they've seen students surrendering their lives to Jesus Some have been delivered from demonic influences, and they've been committed to trying to walk this life with Jesus and walk in purity, staggering for that generation. And student ministry has been thriving right across the board. Andy and Heather Johnson pioneered the International Student Cafe, which has taken off over this last year predominantly focusing on students uh, from the language schools, but they've been meeting in Sovereign House every Sunday evening, regularly seeing 40 or 50 international students who are meeting with the church, who are meeting people who love Jesus as they express God's love to them. I'm told a couple of them are now attending Alpha. And outside of the International Café, That team have been inviting those students for dinner to life groups. They've been trying to share God's love in as many ways as they possibly can do. And young adults' ministry has been growing. As you know, we took on Lauren uh, this year and they launched um, their young adult life group with nearly 20 people attending. Last term, over 70 young adults gathered in here. snuck in to have a little look on uh, the night of Halloween for a worship night. Over 70 of them, it was beautiful. Young adults are taking up the mantle to share their faith with their friends, and many of them have brought their friends to Alpha. Alpha. Lots of you know that we have a missional community that meet and that live in Boscombe that are continuing to navigate what it means to love thy neighbor, to live the kingdom life by trying to identify the needs of what's happening in uh, the houses and the area around them. I've been told they recently relaunched their community meals, which uh, saw 20 or 30 people from the local area attend so they could share food and share the love of Jesus. We have had 85 people join eight new life groups in this last year. And let me say this, we need more life group leaders. We need more life groups. If we're going to continue to grow the way that we are, we need people to lead. We saw in the last year, 56 people attend two current weekly feast groups Over the last year, these feast groups have explored in excess of 300 questions. That's what I'm told. And I've been to some of them, so they do like to get through their questions. And all the topics ranging from heaven and hell to soul and sin, apologetics, eschatology, biblical prophecy. And a new joint Students and Young Adults Feast has just started called Feastathon (laughs) <laughs> which they just had the first one, and there were 30 young adults in attendance. Also to mention our Bridge the Gap weekly football outreach. Wahey! Yes! They've grown from one pitch to two pitches. In fact, I went along recently, they could probably do with three pitches already, as they see nearly 45 men attending every week, and at least seven guys from Bridge the Gap have attended one of our Alpha courses. To mention Alpha, we currently have 46 people attending. We have 24 wonderful coastline team that are serving Jesus uh, uh, by, by, by serving meals and meeting and asking questions to 46 people that are exploring faith or have no faith. And actually in the last year, we've seen 103 people attend Alpha how cool is that? A number of people going through Alpha have come to faith in Jesus. In the last year, our Joy Cafe has served over 12,000 people. Yeah. They've been running their chess club. They've been partnering with the Aspire Project. They've been offering a range of free activities to different people in that local community. They've given away uh, 1,300 free drinks and snacks to help those in need. It's a beautiful expression of what God is doing in our town. Our Hope into Action House, which is where we Help the homeless find a home, find friendship, find hope, find new life. This beautiful HIA team have spent hundreds of hours supporting these wonderful tenants with the love of Jesus. And one of the tenants, I'm happy to tell you, has just got a full-time job, the first full-time job he's had in five years. Isn't that awesome? Our Sozo team, led by Scott and Angela Voicy, have facilitated over 45 Sozo appointments this year, helping individuals through prayer find freedom, inner healing, and wholeness, and deliverance. It's beautiful. We had our first women's weekend away, where over 120 women attended wonderful time of fellowship worship teaching i'm told that 60 women attended uh, a worship and ministry night as well and sarah told me just this week that they're developing you know a team and semi regular events in the months ahead we had our men's weekend away yeah, yeah. <laughs> over 80 men attended and actually what sprang out of the men's weekend this year has been the men's breakfast which has been beautiful. It's been once a month and the tickets that go on sale for the men's breakfast, they literally sell out overnight. So the next one, get your, get your ticket booked quick. We have seen three newcomers' meals over this last year where we've seen nearly 100 people in attendance. Last year, we saw 58 adults and over 30 children and young people come to faith. In Jesus. It's staggering to look back and mention but a few things that the Lord is doing, but he is growing his vibrant church here at Coastline. Now the year ahead. Today, I could tell you that in the year ahead, we're going to develop our Sunday ministry team because we, we love prayer. We're passionate about prayer. We want to pray for people well. Uh, I could tell you we're going to do that, and we are going to do that. I could tell you that in the next year, we're in the process of uh, developing our own in-house deliverance ministry with a ministry team. I could tell you that we're going to do that, and we are going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But friends, what I want to set out today is a bit more of a further vision than just this 12 months. I want to set out before you today, if you like, a five-year plan. And I have three key things I want you to remember from this message today, which all come under the heading, Making Space for More. When we planted Coastline, our main focus was health. You'll remember us talking about it all the time, trying to put in place values and ethos that sustained healthy community. Of course, that has happened in so many different ways. And now it's time to look to the future. When Coastline started, we didn't cast long-term vision because we felt like the Lord simply asked us to build healthy foundations. Well, it's now time to build on those foundations, for us to be equipped and to get ready for what's to come. And my conviction over this last year or so is that God is calling us to have the ability to gather in greater numbers, to ultimately usher in the revival we feel is coming. And if you're unsure of what revival is, Johnny mentioned this last week, but it's just an outpouring of God's spirit where actually all kinds of things have happened. In the revivals of old, over the last couple of hundred years, we've seen uh, Christians coming together, often birthed in prayer, an outpouring of his spirit where the Lord's kindness has led hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, to repentance. We've seen the saints of old worshipping God as the Spirit's been poured out, which has led to salvation and healing and deliverance that's changed whole areas, whole towns, and whole cities. And I believe God is saying, make space for more, and I'll pour out my Spirit more. As I've mentioned, in pretty much every area of church life, including the church finances, we are growing. But I had this moment recently when I was talking to, to Michael, our kids' pastor, where he said to me on a Sunday, he said, John, if one more family comes and they bring their kids, we not might not be able to have them in kids' church. And when he said that, my heart sank. I'm like, we're always encouraging people to invite their friends, to uh, share the gospel, to invite them to come to this place. And then suddenly I thought, well, what if someone's been inviting their best friend for years and years and years? And then suddenly that friend says, I'll come. And then they come here, they walk through the doors and they go up to the kids ministry and they go to sign their kid in. And they say, "Ah, oh, sorry, there's, there's no room. It goes totally against our core values of extravagant kingdom hospitality and radical welcome. In our Sunday morning gatherings, we can see up to 80 kids and 20 young people, 60 in that room there, and 20 kind of babies and toddlers in the lounge downstairs. Now, it's a beautiful problem to have, right? And the other thing is, not only that, God keeps uh, blessing people with children. People are getting pregnant. People are having babies. (laughs) They are. It's wonderful. However, roll the tape forward. In the next 24 months, we're going to see between 20 and 30 children progress from kids up into youth. And of course, the youth group, as I've just told you, is already like up to 50 young people. That means within the next 24 months, the youth group potentially will grow from 70 to 80 young people. All trying to gather in Sovereign House. And literally at times, because I've been in there, it's chaos. It's absolute chaos. I've been working late for the last few Mondays. I thought, I'll just pop my head in and see what's going on. And it's beautiful, but it is messy. There's a lot going on in there. We must make space for more. So, I'm here to tell you this morning firstly, that in October this year, we're going to multiply our Sunday morning gatherings. Probably, yeah, you can whoop at that. Woo! Yeah. Probably, and we haven't fully landed yet, probably it'll be like half past nine or half past eleven. Both gatherings will have kids work and youth work, and we believe God wants to grow this family. In fact, we will be asking all of you at some point in the not-too-distant future to actually commit to one of those gatherings. We're doing that because we want to welcome those yet to come. By multiplying our Sunday morning gatherings, what we hope to achieve is that about 200 adults would commit to attending the 9.30, and 200 adults would commit to attending the 11.30. This isn't just uh, us putting on some more choice for you, I'll I'll wake up in the morning, and which one shall I go to? No, 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 that's not going to grow or achieve uh, what we would like to achieve and be healthy for all the kids and youth and, and everything We will need people to commit to one or the other. And it's exciting. But we're not just doubling the gathering uh, over our Sundays for the sake of having a bigger church. Remember that every single person that comes through the door is a soul that represents someone that Jesus died for. He died to save them. And all we're doing is making space For more. As we do that, we will work very hard to try and cut out anything that takes away from what we're currently doing. Some of you might be sitting here thinking, well, I just love the way that we kind of wait on God and we wait on His Spirit. No, no, we, we are determined that that is going to continue to happen. So behind the scenes, we'll work very hard to cut out things from the service that don't need to be in there. I mean, we've been on this journey for years of trying to do that so that we can continue to focus on worship, on word, and on ministry. I know this is change. And I know it can feel unsettling for some, but let me encourage you today with the words of the Lord be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Deuteronomy 31 6. We must make space for more in our Sunday gatherings, but this links to a much bigger picture. The second thing I want to share with you this morning is that we in this next year are launching a vehicle that will help us make opportunities to reach more, to reach more people with the gospel, to be able to more effectively share the love of God. And you've just heard that there is a considerable amount of things going on in this church to connect with people that are far from God, well beyond our Sunday gathering. Well, some of the ministries that you've heard of uh, that exist to share God's love in this town, they come with various limitations that we want to address. So I'm super excited to announce to you today, That we're in the process of setting up the Coastline Community Trust. Yeah. This will be an independent charity that will house all of our outreach. The trust will enable us to grow our outreach exponentially over the next three years. By setting up the Coastline Community Trust, we'll more easily have the ability to apply for external funds if we need to, to support the work that we're currently doing and work that we may want to develop in the future. We'll more easily have the ability to add or start non-for-profit projects to extend the kingdom of God way beyond where we currently are. The trust will help us to take in-house other charities or projects that need our help in the coming years if if the Lord asks us to do so. Ultimately, the trust will give us a greater reach into the communities that we serve and to help us to release kingdom projects way quicker with way more effectiveness and ultimately help us better to love the people to life and share the good news of the gospel. The Coastline Community Trust at the moment is very embryonic at present. We're right at the start of this journey. However, I want to tell you that it already has a board of trustees with a clear set of objects and it has its own constitution. But just to clarify, CCT, it fully comes under the authority of Coastline Vineyard Church. It's exciting, right? The third and final thing that links into making space for for more is that I want to share with you this morning that in June this year, we're going to start building for the future, building for our conviction of revival. We have clearly heard the Lord speak to us that we're to fully utilize the current space that we have, St. Albans Sovereign House, which we will. But we have also felt the Lord speak to us through 2 Kings 6 verse 1, this resonated with us in such a profound way. It says this, it says, The company of the prophets said to Elisha, Look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let's go and build a place for us to meet. And just so you understand the context of this very small pa- piece of scripture, the reason that this meeting place has become too small is because signs and wonders have been following Elisha's ministry, resulting in an increase of disciples and God drawing people into what he is doing. And that, my friends, is what we're seeing here at Coastline. We're seeing signs and wonders week by week, healing, salvations, deliverance, and God drawing new people into this church family all the time to come and partner with what he's doing and what he's going to do. So I will fully unpack this part of the vision in June. I will preach on it over the whole of June. Be here. Please be here. Uh, Because we as a community are going to go way above and beyond our regular giving to save, to build, or to purchase a premises that we can call home. And remember, a building is just a place to facilitate ministry, right? But it's really important for us to have a physical space to cope with our current growth and also to effectively gather those yet to come. We've had numerous prophetic words over the years about us finding our own home, and we are so grateful that the Lord has provided this incredible place, but he's now calling us on. This building is wonderful, but it comes with limitations, and as I've explained, the biggest limitation is physical space. Now, I've been fasting and praying over this last year about the future for us and how we can continue to grow healthily. And the Lord has made it clear. He has a place for us to call home in the post. Now, look, we're not going anywhere right now. This is a long-term vision, but we are preparing to be in a position that if the right building or the right land becomes available, we as a church are ready. As I've said, this is five years after we do the the initial kind of um, building campaign in in June. I would like to see us save for the next three years so that at year three we would be in a position to purchase somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Bless you. Obviously, depending on financial resources and the right place or space, because I don't have like a building, we're going for this or we're going for that. No, 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 we're just trying to be obedient in what the Lord is asking us to do right now. This could happen much quicker and it could also take slightly longer. And what I do know is, of course, this may bring up a lot of questions, and that's good. And hopefully, I'm going to try and answer a lot of those questions as we gather in June, but I'm not trying to deceive anyone. Like, we go on this journey, we go on it together, we're not going to have some thermometer with, we're raising this amount of money, but I will be, as I am in every area of leading this church, as transparent as I possibly can be. So you will know where we are every step of the way. But... (laughs) Bless you. Bless you. So, to let you know, I will preach throughout the whole of June, and we will take our first big, if you like, gift offering for the building on the 25th of June, the day after Blessed Bournemouth. So hopefully everyone's like, yes, the kingdom is coming. If you like, I've planned that. There we go. <laughs> However, I would say this. Maybe you've sat here you've been stirred today. Maybe you're like, wow, we knew he was going to say that. Or I've been saving for years for this to happen. Uh, By the end of the service, we have opened a restricted fund called Building for the Future. If you click on the QR code, you will be able to go onto the link tree, and you can access that, and you can start to give right now if you feel called. But... One of the things I want you to know is that as we give to the Building for the Future Fund, we're going to tithe 10% of everything that goes in there and we're going to give it directly to the community trust. Which means that as we're saving for our future home, we will also be supporting current and new projects that will directly go to benefit those outside of the church family. We're just about to embark on the greatest adventure that Coastline has been on so far. And we don't know all the outcomes right now. And we know the Lord is asking us to go on a journey of faith together and to trust him. He's told us to make space for more. To multiple gatherings here on Sundays, so we will. He's told us to create the Coastline community trust, so we are. And he's told us to save for a facility to usher in revival. So we will. My conviction is that we're currently surfing a wave of God's spirit. We've sensed his nearness, his presence and his power. But honestly, in the physical, it looks something like this. It's a small wave. We're being trained to prepare for what's to come The Lord is going to pour out his spirit in a way that we have never known. We've seen glimpses of his glory fall as we've gathered, as we've prayed, as we've studied his word. But right now, we're just learning to surf the wave of his spirit for what's to come. And if you want to see a picture of what's to come, I think we've got one, which is going to be something like that. And we're going to be ready to surf that wave. Okay, I'm coming into land. I believe that we are called to prepare the way for utter change in our town. I believe we're called to fully establish his vineyard church here in Bournemouth. I believe that in the years ahead, Coastline Vineyard will pioneer new kingdom initiatives that will change culture and bring radical change to our broken society. I do. Absolutely. I believe that we're called to be a church that really lives out the kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven, where the Father heart of God is the compass of every day. I believe we're called to be light across our region, across our nation, and be defined by how we love one another, and of course, by how we love the King and live the kingdom. I believe we're going to see people from all lost generations come back to Jesus. My parents' generation and and, and the generations that grew up coming to school and worship and prayer being part of their day, they're coming back to Jesus, I'm sure of it. And I know his forgiveness and grace and his freedom and his new life, they're so desperate for. What we do now as a church sets the way for the future to come. And I believe that we're called to leave a kingdom legacy for generations to come. I believe our kids and our kids' kids, believe, I believe that they should have a vineyard, spirit-filled community of faith here in Bournemouth. My big question to you, precious Coastline Vineyard Church family, is do you believe what I believe? Yeah? Well, let's do this together. Let's make space for more. And let's be part of changing the history of Bournemouth forever. Amen? Amen.